You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. We are on to week three, transitioning from the 0-2 start by the New York Giants. Now they face a former Super Bowl-competing team, the San Francisco 49ers. However, this 49ers team looks nothing like it did when they faced off against the Kansas City Chiefs in the most recent Super Bowl. They have been battered by serious injuries from week two arguably one of the worst teams to get killed by the injury bug just a list of the names of the most notable guys that they're losing nick bosa solomon thomas jimmy garoppolo their starting quarterback raheem mostart their starting lead running back tevin coleman their secondary running back d ford one of their best pass rushers and richard sherman chris i don't want to say that this is an opportunity for the Giants to sneak up on a, a beat-up team because I don't want to, s- to sell this as an easy victory, but this is a tough, tough situation for the 49ers to deal with coming off of this many key starters, elite, top-quality starters, having to transition to getting a bunch of guys that are known as backups to step up and play. Yeah, it, it's worth knowing that Richard Sherman got injured earlier in the year. Yeah, he didn't get injured this past year, but he's still missing this game. So we can count him with the others. This game really is going to be, I think, about which team can manage their injuries and overcome the injuries they have had more successfully. So those injuries are going to be super serious for the 49ers to deal with in this upcoming game against the New York Giants. We are going to break down the 49ers with a full scouting report like we've done every single week so far in the first two weeks of the season. Going right into the offense, the first key player to know, and again like last week, not because he is the biggest contributor for this offense, but because of the importance he has in the outcome of this game, is Nick Mullins. Their backup quarterback who is starting for Jimmy Garoppolo, who is currently not ruled out yet, but because of his ankle injury, a possibility to not start. Chris, do you think that there is a chance that Garoppolo plays in this game, or are we going to be dealing with Nick Mullins as the guy that faces the Giants? I think we should plan on seeing Nick Mullins, but I, the 49ers haven't ruled Jimmy G out. I'm not going to either. They don't really have a reason to play him. That's something we were talking about before the show started. But also, he's a competitor. And I could see him wanting to go out, especially if his ankle injury isn't as bad as you know, we've 
it was feared it might be. I, it is listed as a high ankle sprain, but if it's a very mild one, then perhaps he can tape it up. He can be stable enough that he can play through it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want my quarterback doing that, but players want to play. Yeah, the way that I see this for Jimmy Garoppolo is they're trying to do what any coaching staff does when you have a key injury. They're trying to shroud the other team in confusion. They don't want to give up their hand in who's going to be starting this upcoming week. If you have to prepare for two quarterbacks, you're wasting your time with the homework that you're doing and also the practice reps trying to prepare for both guys if you don't know who is going to be starting at quarterback. So that's forcing the Giants to do more work. But if I were to bet, they're probably going to start Nick Mullins. This is not a, a key game for this 49ers team in their perspective. They have much more difficult matchups down the line on their schedule that they are going to be looking towards and saying, we don't want to force Jimmy G to get onto the field too quickly and him struggle because he is not fully healthy and then possibly re-aggravating it and making it worse. They're going to take things slow and hope that he recovers in a couple weeks, not this immediate upcoming week. I would be pretty shocked if he is the starting quarterback and Nick Mullins is not playing in this game. But Chris, the reason why I, I say that Nick Mullins is so key for this game is because he is not experienced. He is a completely different quarterback from Jimmy Garoppolo, a pretty significant step down, a decent quality starter. If he struggles, which it's not hard to throw him off, as we saw in the second half of that Jets game, if he struggles, this 49ers offense could have some serious issues. Yeah, it really could. Yeah, He did some nice things when he got pressed into being an every week starter a couple of years ago, but he is still not a guy you really want to start. Yeah, he can... He can manage you to a victory if your starter goes down mid-game, like what happened against the Jets. You don't really want to be game planning with him as your starter. Yeah, he's he is just a limited quarterback. He's a backup. Thankfully for Mullins, though, he does have two very good tackles blocking in front of him with Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. He also has, despite it being slightly battered, a very, very explosively athletic skill group that he can get the ball to. Speaking of Trent Williams, despite being 32, Chris, he is still very, very reliable and a, a such a good veteran left tackle. There are some plays, if you, if you flip on the tape already after these two weeks, where he is very, very dominant. And that is going to be a tough matchup with whoever faces off against him. The Giants have been moving guys around with the pass rush, so it could be a little bit of Lorenzo Carter, could be a little bit of Marcus Golden, could be a little bit of Kyler Fackrell. They're going to have their hands full, and I don't know if it's if it's the right idea to try and attack him. They might have to work elsewhere if they want to get some sack production. Yeah, Trent Williams is still one of the best left tackles in the NFL, and Mike McGlinchey is not a bad tackle either. Now, we'll get to this after the break, the Giants really might be better off concentrating on the interior rather than trying to beat those two tackles straight up. There have been plays already this year where Williams has just embarrassed defenders. Uh, there's one that stuck out to me against the Cardinals where he got up to the second level like like he was 22, not 32, and just obliterated some poor linebacker. He just turned the linebacker into a speed bump. Giants don't want to put their guys in a position for that to happen to them. 
Now, despite being out with an injury this past week, George Kittle is a possibility to play this upcoming game. It's not a guarantee, but it sounds like he is going to be playing in, in this game for the 49ers. He is, without a doubt, one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the NFL. Even if he is playing this game slightly banged up, you can guarantee that George Kittle will still see a lot of touches and will make some pretty big plays. A huge, huge red zone threat for this team, a huge playmaker across the middle of the field, and then also one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. He is a mauler at the tight end position. So he is someone who the Giants defense needs to be aware of where he is lining up at all times. Possibly bumping him and trying to slow down his route progression is going to be very important for the linebackers and edge defenders for the Giants. Yeah, and the fact that he is a blocking, a good blocking tight end is a little bit surprising considering he isn't a big tight end. You know, he is not a 6-7 slightly undersized tackle he is closer to h-back size i believe maybe 6'4 245 ish somewhere around there i don't have the numbers right in front of me but he is very explosive in the lower body and he uses that as a blocker he like you say he is a mauler he's got great technique and he can explode into defenders and move them and again he is an explosive receiving threat he is a monster after the catch he is a good route runner. He has sure hands and really in the perfect position with Kyle Shanahan designing and calling their offense. I have to say the based on what we saw, if the 49ers are able to get Kittle back, their 12 personnel package is scary because they also have Jordan Reed, who is healthy and reunited with Shanahan, who knows how to get him in position to use his own absurd athleticism. And Kittle is a key cog for what is the most blatant offensive strength for this 49ers offense. That being that they have elite athletes on this team, a ton of speed. They have an arsenal of speedsters, not only at, at, at starting positions, but their backups are all very, very athletic. So you can bet that if they get their hands on the football, they have the capability of breaking open a big play. Jerk McKinnon is probably going to be the starting running back in this game. And if you remember, he blew up the combine when he was coming out of college and into the NFL. They've got a lot, a lot of guys that can be yards after catch type playmakers and make big, big plays. So that is something that the Giants defense needs to be 100% wary of. If they think that they are 100% on locking down Nick Mullins and pressuring him, if he can get the ball off, guys can pick up huge yards if there's space in front of them. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan really is great at manipulating defenses and creating those opportunities for his guys. You know, he, uh, McKinnon, Kittle, Reed, the rookie Brendan Ayuk, these guys are all run-after-catch monsters. They are explosive athletes. So the Giants need to be sound in their assignments, and when they have the opportunity to tackle guys, they need to bring them down. If they miss a tackle, if they whiff, if they go for an arm tackle and they just bounce off or the ball carrier is able to run through it, they're going to be picking up yardage. For weaknesses, Chris, you can't help but notice how weak they are on the interior. They don't have Weston Richburg playing center anymore. Instead, it's Ben Garland. And I couldn't help but notice when watching tape from last week's game how much Garland struggled against some of the meaty 
defensive tackles that the New York Jets have. Quinnen Williams was bullying him. And, and we're not just talking about a little bit of a pushback on a, on a rushing play that prevented things from opening up. He was driving guys back three to four yards. And Garland was struggling a lot to handle some of that interior pressure. So it's not just Garland. It is some of their guards as well. Lincoln Tomlinson, not a very, very good guard, decent player. But I'm very, very worried about Garland and his ability to handle some of these big, mauling defensive tackles that the Giants have with Dalvin Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. And don't forget B.J. Hill either. (laughs) He did get a sack. So that is an opportunity for the Giants to exploit, and maybe that is how they get their pressure. Maybe they get it with A-gap or B-gap blitzes where they use their big defensive tackles to control the interior of the line of scrimmage and then create opportunities for Blake Martinez or Jabril Peppers or maybe somebody looping inside through one of those A-gaps to get in Mullen's face and really force him off his spot. And Patrick Graham is going to notice that on tape and his likely approach will be to attack that interior, use the Giants' biggest defensive strength, which is those strong defensive tackles, the depth that the Giants have at defensive tackle instead of trying to create pressure off the edge against two good tackles. There's going to be a lot coming up the middle to slow down Nick Mullins and this 49ers offense. Speaking of Nick Mullins, he has to be the 49ers final offensive weakness. He is a below average quarterback. He is very clearly a backup quarterback and he can fill in in spots, but I don't Think he's? I don't think you can be very confident in him to play a full game at a high level. If you saw what the Giants were able to do against Mitch Trubisky and force turnovers against Trubisky, I would think that they can cause more disruption and issues going against Nick Mullins in this game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Trubisky, he is capable of some pretty high highs. I think that's what has kept him on Chicago's roster for the entirety of his rookie contract, the fact that he can flash some brilliance, like the touchdown pass that got dropped on him. But then he was also capable of just some complete derp plays. And you know, Mullins, he doesn't have those high highs. I, this, I think the trick for him and the trick for Shanahan will be mit- keeping him from being exposed, You know, trying to get the ball out and not putting him in position where he either has to drop back, scan the field, or try to decipher some of the complex blitzes that Patrick Graham likes to throw. Conversely, the trick for the Giants will be to put him in those positions, force the force Mullins to try to beat them. And there's probably going to be an increased effort to run the ball. They love using pitches and outside run concepts to get their athletes in space. This is typically a team that is very run-oriented, so they could come into this game running more than they typically do to try and relieve some of that pressure off of Nick Mullins so he doesn't have to be the guy to beat the New York Giants. Chris, we're going to get to the defense and the full list of things that you need to know before we do so though folks we're going to take a really short commercial break so it's worth noting that after all of the injuries that this defense faced they went and signed Ziggy Anza the veteran pass rusher 
formerly with the Detroit Lions, to add to this group. Chris, do you think that adding Ziggy Anza might help them, or is this just a a ploy to add some depth to get them through a, a rough patch of the season? I think it can legitimately help them. Yeah, he isn't the pass rusher he was back in, say, 2017, when you know, I think Giants fans all remember that disastrous game for Eric Flowers or fantastic game for Ansa where he had three sacks. But it is worth keeping in mind, I think, that the 49ers have the same defensive line coach that the Detroit Lions did when Ansa was there. So there is a familiarity. There are peop- There is somebody in the building he knows and who knows him. He is still big. He is still strong. He is still athletic. So as long as he is healthy and in shape, I think he should be able to get up to speed quickly. And the Giants have to treat him like he's Bud Dupree, like he's Robert Quinn. You, know, you have to treat him like a legitimate threat because you know, even as beat up as this 49ers defense is, losing guys like Bosa, D. Ford, Richard Sherman – they still have enough talent to be a good defense. And you mentioned all the pieces that they have. Eric Armstead, still a very, very good defensive tackle who's going to be playing alongside Javon Kinlaw. That is still a strong, strong group. And you also have to mention the two guys playing behind the defensive line to lump in all of these key players on this defense. Fred Warner and Quan Alexander are very, very good linebackers. They're productive. They track down the football. They go and make plays. That is all stuff that needs to be paid attention to when the Giants are on the on the field on offense. They, they need to be aware of all of the possible mismatches with the talented players they have at linebacker despite the injuries to their defensive line. Yeah, and you mentioned Javon Kinlaw. The 49ers had two first-round draft picks this past year. The first was Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver. The other one is Javon Kinlaw. And for our listeners who remember back to our draft shows, I am a big fan of Javon Kinlaw. He can be a little uneven. He doesn't flash every single rep. But when he does, he is ridiculously athletic, ridiculously explosive, powerful and actually just a short while ago brian baldinger posted a clip uh, on his baldy breakdowns which are again if you're on twitter he's another great follow so so far you got juju smith schuster and brian baldinger to follow uh, this might be a running co- uh running segment for us but anyway he did a breakdown of one of kinlaw's rushes and you could see him using almost the exact same technique as nick bosa and Bosa is renowned for his technique. And if you get somebody as big and explosively powerful as Kinlaw rushing with that level of technique, that's something the Giants absolutely have to be aware of. Defensive strengths for this 49ers defense is all the things that we've put out there with these players, but the approach to the way that they play defense. They are a very aggressive attacking defense. I noticed a lot of times on third down in the second half against the Jets, They were putting as many guys up on the line of scrimmage as they could to limit the window of passing for Sam Darnold. They knew that because of how thin they were on the offensive line, they could at least sneak their way in for Darnold to be off his platform when throwing. And despite Darnold being a talented quarterback, when he's rushed, he can't be on point. So this is going to be something that we have to be 100% worried about. 
They are going to attack the Giants offensive line that has struggled in back-to-back weeks, and they're going to do whatever they can to continually cause confusion, which has hurt the Giants offensive line so far. There is going to be a lot of blitzes, second, third down, third and long, third and short. Whatever the situation is, they're going to show that pressure, and even if they show it, they're still going to come and attack with it because they know the Giants are going to struggle to pick it up. That means the Giants need to be quick to get the football out of Daniel Jones' hands instead of forcing him into tough spots where he is getting hit and knocked around like Darnold was last week. Yeah, in a lot of ways, the Giants' offensive game plan might have to be very similar to the 49ers in that they do have concerns on the interior of their offensive line you know we have seen Nick Gates get pushed around at you know just in his first two games ever as a center and with guys like Armstead and Kinlaw uh we might see Contavious Street which if that name sounds a little bit familiar he was the one of BJ Hill's teammates at NC State and he actually tore his ACL working out for the Giants during that year's draft uh draft process there are a lot of guys that the Giants' interior offensive line has to be aware of. And if they start giving up that quick pressure, that quick penetration, that can make things very difficult for the Giants on offense. Right. This could be yet another week where a team with a strong defensive front will try to take advantage of the Giants' offensive line problems. I I would not be surprised if this game has a similar trend and trajectory early on to other games this season. The defensive weakness is not entirely a weakness, but the only thing you can point to because this team is so good and so deep is that there's going to be some continuity issues when trying to shuffle guys in and out of the lineup and put guys that maybe aren't as experienced into more reps than they typically get. You're going to have to lean on Javon Kinlaw, the rookie, a little bit more, Eric Armstead a little bit more because they don't have the same players who are the reliable starters. So that that is just a, a continuity issue. I wouldn't say that's a blatant weakness, but they might have some communications problems. That's not a guarantee, but that just seems to be the, the most uh, easy thing to point to. Yeah, and that could restrict some of what the 49ers are able to do on defense that might close their defensive playbook at least a little bit, which, again, kind of mirrors what's going on with the Giants as they have to deal with having... Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley on the injured reserve, maybe trying to get Devonta Freeman on the field, restricting what plays they can call based on what he knows after, what, five days in the building. So it's going to be a very interesting chess match between the two units. That's all we have for this full breakdown of the San Francisco 49ers and what you need to expect on this upcoming Sunday. Very talented team dealing with some injury issues that will still be able to be productive in various aspects of their game. Be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor MKII for Chris, and then also at Big Blue View on Twitter and also Instagram. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more news and analysis on the New York Giants. We will be watching on Sunday to see how things turn out. Be sure to tune in immediately after the game to hear our thoughts with our Quick Takes episode.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.